This downtown sports special on the NCAA is brought to you ad-free by Digital Market Battles, the marketing agency that helps your business fill their pipeline with high-valued leads. They will meet your conversion goal no matter what. Just head on over to digitalmarketbattles.com or call 1-800-811-4095 to schedule a discovery call today. I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente. This is downtown sports. This is where sports come home. If you would have told me I was coming here to pick the NCAA tournament, I could only imagine. It's difficult picking a bracket anyway. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we have teams that were under 500 in their conference that made the tournament. We have teams that are 12 and 7. We have some teams that barely played. We have some teams that barely played 20 games that are in this tournament. Not even played 20 games this year. I mean, we have NBA top 10s. Is that like, don't we have an NCAA top 10? We actually do have an NCAA top 10. We want to thank uh, our researcher, Mr. Tony Mainville, for providing us with this special NCAA top 10. We, we never talk NCAA basketball at all. We haven't talked why, last year. There was no tournament last year. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we talked the four majors, the four major pro sports on this podcast. So whenever we venture out, it's a, we do a digital market battle special. Mm-hmm. So especially for bracket time, thank God we have this because without, without him, I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, I did some reading. I have some ideas. But without Tony, I, I wouldn't know what to do to pick a bracket because these teams, you have teams, major conference teams that are low seeds in this tournament. Like Michigan State is playing UCLA to get in. We have four playing games. That will be the first four that will kick off the NCAA tournament, which, by the way, begins March 18th. So mark that on your calendars. March 18th is the start of the NCAA tournament. We just are two days removed from the selection show to determine the 64 teams that will compete in the tournament this year. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through all this. We're going to go through this top 10. And then we're going to pick this bracket. We're going to do this together, right? Me and Beast decided we're going to pick this together. The fact that there really is absolutely no way to truly determine who would have been a number one seed versus a number four seed, for example. We knew who the number ones were, but anywhere from three to 16, all of those teams could have been interchanged and you could have made arguments. Well, this is a very different tournament. Duke is not in the tournament this year, ladies and gentlemen. Who would have, who would have seen that coming? Well, they they came on at the end of the year, but Duke had a lot of COVID issues. Kentucky, however, deserved their snub. It wasn't a snub. They earned every bit of that. So considered, well, that's on Kentucky for uh, not making it on their own. They they missed it. They missed their chance. And by the way, I also heard that, you know, there were, and the reason we're coming out with this today is because if there were teams that were going to miss the tournament due to COVID-19, they had four alternate teams that were ready to take spots in the tournament. But since today has come around, if any team cannot make it due to COVID-19, it is now considered an automatic loss. Moving on. Let's dive in. Uh, We'll begin with our top 10 and we begin with the number 10 team and it's Arkansas 22 and six. And they are number three in the South. They shoot the hell out of the ball though. 
everything I've read about them is they are hot shooting the ball lately. A lot of people think, seem to think that as a three, they're going to make the fine, the elite eight. Possibly I've seen some brackets say final four. That's a team that looked like they could do some damage. Arkansas, I would definitely not sleep on. This is a team that ranks number two in the conference. They do score about 83 points a game. So this is a very prolific shooting team. Pretty good defensive team as well. But I will be very curious. They got bounced from the SEC tournament earlier in this year and they had a nine-game winning streak broken. But this young crew, Moses Moody, one of their top scorers, I think we're going to maybe see him really kind of have a tournament where he can really show who he is. And we'll see if Arkansas can really uh, surprise the world a bit. They're going to move on. I mean, they shoot well enough to get to the Sweet 16 at least. But it's who beyond that, it's a, beyond that, to me, it's a crapshoot. I'm not sure. But, you know, we'll see how the brackets fall. Next. Number nine, the Texas Longhorns, 19-7, and seven, number three in the East region. Wow. Interesting record. They got in at 19-7. and seven. I mean, that's good. 19-7 and is not horrible to get. 19-7, and seven, considering some of the teams that have gotten in this tournament, pretty damn good. But will Texas uh, – Texas could have their work a little cut out for them, even though they're going to start their first round playing Abilene Christian, which is going to be more than one. That should be a guaranteed win if you're the Longhorns. They're third ranked in the conference. Watch that. What, what, what was that team's name? I don't know it now. Abilene Christian. Yeah, we'll know it by we'll know it by Friday when they beat them when they beat Texas and throw everybody's bracket off. That's when we'll know. But you know, Abilene Christian did defeat Nichols College in the Southland Tournament Championship and blew him out by 34 points. But this, uh, this Abilene Christian team could, maybe, could they surprise somebody? They actually forced 20 turnovers per game, which is the most in the nation. And you have to hope Texas is not a uh, team is that Texas is turnover prone. Sure. Is Texas turnover prone? Well, they're 21st and 36th in offense and defense altogether, which is mm. not good. And I know – Shaka Smart is now in his sixth year with Texas, but only been to the big dance two times. And pressure is mounting on Texas to make a deep run. If they fall anywhere short of that, it's a wrap for Shaka Smart in Texas. So we got a lot on the line with a team that leads the league in getting turnovers against a Texas team who's coaches on a hot seat whose offense is ranked very mediocre mm-hmm. I, I, you see this is this this screams upset at me i don't know why but this screams upset does it not well even though you know shock was smart according to what we read here this could be his best team that he's had for if your coach shock is smart this could be one of the better teams that he's had as far as in the six years he's been at texas but they really need to show the world who they are. The Longhorns have to really, I think, come out swinging. If they come out any bit short, the fate of Texas will be uh, what happens to Texas down the road. We'll stay in Texas. Yeah. Let's move on to number eight on our top ten. It is Iowa. Okay. Iowa, 21-8. and eight. They're number two in the West region. Now, this will be interesting. How deep could they go? And they're going to face Grand Canyon College. Hawkeyes are one of the top teams to look out for. Number three ranked in their conference. AP ranks them fifth. 
They score 84 points per game. That's dangerous. Eight and five against the top 25. What are they giving up? They give up about 72 a game. They do give up points. I'm not saying they will not give up points, but the fact that they score 84 or more that makes up for the number they give up. Definitely. Now, Grand Canyon, they give up only about 61 a game. So they have some, uh, they do have some defensive prowess to them, but only 75.6 points they score per game. But they're nine and three for a conference record, and they were ranked one in the conference in their in their conference that they came out of. So, but the Hawkeyes do have the Big Ten Player of the Year in Luke Garza, six foot eleven, and he's third in the nation in scoring at twenty three point seven points per game. Definitely would not sleep on the Iowa Hawkeyes. They could make a run, my friends. This could be a team that could could. Could they go all the way? Maybe. I don't know enough about them to say yes or no. So, next. Okay, let's move on to number seven. And who have we got? Iowa – Ohio State. There we go. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Yep. 21-9. and nine. Why does this sound like a football seating instead of a basketball seating? You ever notice oh. all these powers football schools have made the tournament this year? Yeah, these, were, these are teams that are, yeah, football teams. You don't see these always in basketballs. This is very good, though. Ohio for State's example, Arkansas. Tournament. For example, the Longhorns. For example, Ohio State. Although Ohio State has always been good in basketball. And Ohio State, I would expect nothing less than for Ohio State to do the same. They will take on, they will take on Oral Roberts in the first round. Yeah. And they're a strong. They're 12-8, and eight, though, in, for a conference record. So their conference record is not great. They're 23 ranked in the AP. They're five ranked in the conference. And they did end the year on a four-game losing streak. So you have to be a little concerned about that. Can they turn it around in a tournament such as this? They've had some time to kind of maybe work out some kinks, and maybe Ohio State could come out stronger going into the tournament itself. We'll see. Yep. They average 76.8 points per game. They, but they give up 71 a game. So very about 500 in what they give up. So this game for all Roberts, they score 81 a game. So this could really go either way. I mean, here's the thing. Oral Roberts scores 81 in a game in a weak conference. Ohio State scores 74 a game in a strong conference. So the level of play that you're, that you have to deal with, you have to consider that like that. That's the really big problem when you're really predicting the NCAA, you look at the stats of these teams, you got to look at the conferences that they play in. You got to look at the strength of their schedule. What teams are they up against? Are they up against a whole bunch of tournament teams? Like, are they up against at least two or three teams that have made the tournament a week, or are they playing a team that has made the tournament like once every two weeks? The first couple, the first round or so, we don't get the full picture yet. It's when we get to the thirty, the round of 32, then we go into the Sweet 16, then we dive into the Elite 8. That's when we really start to get to the meat of the tournament and really get to separate the men from the fish. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. This year specifically is also very weird, considering the fact that there are a lot of teams that haven't played much due to COVID-19, like, for example, a Rutgers team that, you know, is very low seated, but I have them beating Houston later on. I might. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it yeah. as I go through because the Rutgers, this Rutgers team was supposed to be a four seed yeah. when they were projected to start on January, but then they got COVID issues. So, I mean, 
any of these teams are in these positions, well, aside from, I'd say, the top four, are in the, are in the positions that they are in on a razor-thin margin. This is going to be a very close tournament. Let's go to number six on our top ten, and you just mentioned them, John. Houston is number six, 24-3, and three, number two in the Midwest region. I think they're going to be beat by Rutgers in the Midwest region in the second round. I feel bad because I think the Rutgers team, uh, uh, they've made them a low C, but they put them in a region where I think they could do some damage. But Taking on Cleveland State, so that should be, if you're Houston, that should be an easy first round win. They, yeah. Houston, Houston only gives up 58 points a game. I mean, that is scary. That's a scary good defense if you give up 58 a game. They score about 78, so they out they outscore opponents by about 20 points. So if this Houston team shows even a, a small hint of what they're capable of doing, just in obviously the first round won't tell us anything, but if they can give us a little example of what they can do in round one, they could carry over into round two. Where they will play a Rutgers team that might expose the fact, because now you see these numbers and, and they sound really great, right? They only give up 58 points a game, and they score 81, right? 78. 78, okay. So there's a point differential of 20. Yes. That means this team has not been in very many close games. Well, they're 14-3 and three in the conference. They're number two in the con- – they're ranked two in their conference, and overall a 24-3 and three record. So they really have – They've won a lot, but their numbers game. suggest to me that they have not been in very many close games. So that's a team that I could look to see to get picked off in a round two scenario where they might go up against a team like a Rutgers team who got it together at the end of the year, barely scraped into the tournament, but is getting healthy and getting over their COVID issues. I'd like to see what will happen if they do get to a close game and how they will, uh, how they're going to handle that pressure. If the team's closing in on them and they have to kind of fight for their life at the end. That would be that's very- why I picked Rutgers. I don't think they'll win. Well, we'll see I what think happens. Houston will fold. Let's go to number five on the top ten. The Alabama Crimson Tide, 24-6. and six. They are number two in the East region. I mean <laughs> – Alabama's a football team. We always know what Alabama's capable of doing in football. Basketball, we've never always really seen that with Alabama. They've been recruiting oh. very well over the past few years, though. Their program that you've heard rise in the NCAA, they've been making the tournament every year consistently. Um well, Nate and they've Oates been rising. Nate Oates is the, was the SEC coach of the year this year. Only the third time in the last decade the Crimson Tide have been in the NCAA tournament. Can you believe that? Third time in the last decade. That shows you exactly how COVID-19 has affected this season specifically because teams like you don't really hear about – you didn't really hear too much about it in the pro sports world, but in college – Oh, virus definitely affects because here's the thing. These uh, college programs don't have the same type of money that pro, ath- that pro sports has to keep their athletes and their players safe. That's why outbreaks were very limited in sports like the NBA, the NHL, where, you know, if they needed to, they could immediately move into a bubble and, uh, you know, consolidate and, you know, isolate and get everybody safe. Now you're dealing with uh, about 68 teams of, young people aged what 18 to 22 23 mm-hmm. about as old as you could be 
you're not going to be able to isolate, keep all of those people safe. Like, safe. like for example, Rick Pitino just did an interview from like a budget motel. Yeah. And he did an interview from a one-room like budget motel. Like, you know those things that you wouldn't go to if you were driving past them on the road in the highway? Yeah, the Motel 6, like the Motel 6 or something like that. Yeah. No, you, you wish it were – with the room that Pitino was in, you wished it was a Motel 6. They were making fun of him like he was in jail. The, would, the, the people that he was interviewing with were, were making cracks on him as if, was he doing it from a prison cell and not a hotel room? And well, his response to that was, well, when you're the 15th seed, they don't really spring for that nice of accommodations for you. Well, it's good to see Rick Pitino actually back in the tournament. That's, that's a good thing I like that I'm happy to see. And the Iona Gales have been really an amazing story, although they've only played a total of 17 games this year. One mm-hmm. of the fewest so far of teams in this whole tournament. And isn't oh, Alabama the team that's going to be playing those uh, Patino boys? They will. Alabama and Iona to start things off. And Alabama scoring 80 points per game, giving up just under 70 a game. Iona scores about 72 and giving up 66. So these two teams are pretty even in the amount of points they score to the points they give up. Patino has knowledge of these programs. He has knowledge of these bigger programs that other coaches would not have had. I mean, I know Clues had them in a great position, built the program very well, but the thing that Patino brings is knowledge of the entire NCAA, all of the coaches, all of the teams, all of the schemes that they use. A lot of them are based off of some of his designs offensively and defensively that he's that, that they put out on the floor. So this is a guy who has pretty much crafted one of the major offensive philosophies that is predominant through the NCAA. So this is an area where I could see an upset happening. They have a couple of key scorers here, people like, Asante Gist averaging just four, just under 14 points a game. Isaiah Ross, their leading scorer, 18 and a half a game. Junior Joseph, 11 and a half a game. So they have at least a good three that are going to give you consistent points. And I'd say if any of these three, and Gist was one of the key pieces that really carried the Gales to get here. Senior on the team, and if any of these guys get hot at the right time, could be very interesting. Also, of course, the Gales had a 51-day hiatus because of COVID-19. Mm. That's largely why they only played a total of 13 games in the regular season because 51 days, COVID. But they're also probably going to be one of the fresher teams. So they, have a little, they might have a little more, as uh, Clyde Frazier would say, pep in their step, if you will. And you know what? When you're dealing with young kids – Team pedigree doesn't matter. Coach pedigree does. And I would say Patino's experience is going to help these young players out a whole lot. Now, teams four through one, I'll read them off. I pretty much agree with the order, except I think three should be switched with four, but everybody knows. I wouldn't sleep on Nate Oates and the the Crimson Tide either. They're good. Yeah, I don't. I don't, but here's the thing. They're going to have a very tough round one. If they get past their round one, they could do some damage, but they're going to have a very tough round one. Team number four, Michigan. Team number three, Baylor. Team number two, Illinois. Team number one, Gonzaga. Let's get into the brackets because that's what people want to know. They're here to find out who to pick. And now that we have our top 10 teams, we're going to take a look at this bracket 
and we're going to start going through it. Which region should we begin with, Beast? Let's begin in the upper part of the bracket, the West. This should be interesting for me. I think, and we talked about Gonzaga, and they're going to play the winner of a play-in game that will be in the first four, Norfolk or Appalachian State. What will come out of this entire, in that, in that round here? So here we are, Gonzaga against either Norfolk or Appalachian State. We've talked about Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, by far, 92 points a game. I mean, that's unheard of in college basketball. We'll continue on, but yeah, Gonzaga wins this game. That's easy. That's easy right there. So Oklahoma and Missouri. Now here's where I think the first upset of the tournament happens. Mm, This is an even one for me. I know it's a 50-50 shot. However, I think if I think Missouri is shooting very well as of late, mm. I I'd take Missouri. It's tight. You'd say Missouri for your bracket, and I listen, you're entitled to your choice. And neither team has been very good in the conference. Neither team has had a good conference record. Oklahoma's been a little rougher against the top twenty-five than Missouri, but I still want to believe. And I think Oklahoma, I'm going to say, is going to have a slight upper hand in this one. I think they'll avoid the upset. I'm going to say Oklahoma beats Missouri. Call me a little crazy, if you will. You have to take a chance in these little in these choices. You never know who's going to win. The, the bracket. You're not taking the chance. The next the next one. So Creighton right, and B. Eh, I take the 12 seed. You don't like Creighton's chances, huh? I don't. I wonder why. Mm, they're sick and they're hurt and they got beaten the hell out of in their conference tournament and UCSB is a team that could be they could play some defense they could shoot too the Blue Jays are also one of the worst in rebound in offensive rebounds that's pretty bad you're out rebounding the Big East title game by a score of 49 to 33. That could be a long, it could be a very long night for Creighton if they cannot rebound the basketball. That could I be don't a think they're going to against UCSB. All right. I think, that's, I think the 12's going on. You got to do it, Johnny. There you go. I think UCSB will do it. I think so. Now, next, Virginia and Ohio. Hmm. Well, this is an interesting one. Virginia, I mean, normally we would say the Virginia. Virginia Cavaliers should be a should be a, a no doubter, right? It's not a no doubter when it's Ohio, but here's the thing: it's Virginia's got this game. Virginia will win this game, even though they don't score as many points though as Ohio does. But again, conference record first off shows you that they know how to win games that are close, that are important. Ohio has no top twenty-five opponents. Virginia, while they're one and three, they at least won one game against the top 25 opponent. Ohio is, well. Yeah, who is Ohio? We don't really know much about them. They played in the MAC conference, which, you know, Mac hasn't really, uh, hasn't jumped out in a tournament in the past, really. Have we seen the Mac tournament really kind of give you a reason to hope? I mean, here's the thing. Virginia's winning this game. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Virginia's yeah, been here. Virginia knows what it takes to win. Absolutely. All right, our next game. USC, and they will play the winner of, well, a play-in game between Wichita State 
And now Drexel, I believe, now Drexel's already in. So Wichita State and Drake, that will be the, that'll be the second of the playing games for this first bracket that we have just gone over. And it will be very interesting to see which of Wichita these. Wichita State will win that game. And then USC will win that game. Well, yeah, the Trojans have been here. It's a little rare we see the Trojans. Uh, we don't see them always every year in the tournament. We always know USC and football, how great they are. But basketball, we've seen them. I know, but do you know what? The, and Wichita State's a team that we've seen do very well in the NCAA tournament. However, I don't think Wichita State is going to beat a USC team that's been very game all season long. And hmm, they only allow, by the way, 65 points a game. Yeah. And they have a very, very dominant duo. Two brothers, Evan and Isaiah Mobley. Evan, of course, projected to be an NBA lottery pick, averaging 17 points per game and by far one of their top scorers. This will be very interesting, uh, but USC, I think, should come away very easy with the victory there. Next, we have the Kansas Jayhawks and Eastern Washington University. Just pick Kansas. Just just pick Kansas and let's move on. Eastern Washington, congratulations. All right, Oregon and VCU, Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, well, the Oregon Ducks, we've always spoke very highly of Oregon. You know, they've had, they've had great runs in the tournament in the past. They've won 11 of their last 13 games. And right there, one of the most experienced teams in the NCAA tournament. But they are comprised of a lot of seniors. So they will be a different team next year if they do not win – at all this year i would take oregon mainly because of the experience factor here's the other thing i do believe that i do believe that ap has it right where the oregon ducks are ranked 20th overall i would say yeah oregon okay oregon over VCU. next the iowa hawkeyes grand canyon I think this should be... Didn't we go over that in the top 10? Click Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. There we go. Gonzaga, Oklahoma. Well, well, that we'll have to go... We'll have to... We'll, we'll get into the next round. So, then that's the first region. So, let's, so let's see who... We got in the... Uh, let's see who do we have here. Baylor. In, uh, let's start with Baylor and Hartford. Baylor. <laughs> that easy. Okay. North Carolina against Wisconsin. I think North Carolina wins this game. Hell yeah, Roy. Well, it's Roy Williams, the Tar Heels. But Wisconsin, the Badgers are no joke either. That's going to be fun. the Badgers are very dangerous. The Wisconsin Badgers are very dangerous. No doubt about that. But I think think North Carolina, their pedigree in the tournament, I think they should be able to get by Wisconsin. Well, forget about the pedigree in the tournament. Wisconsin's Wisconsin's recent pedigree in the tournament is much better than North Carolina's. Here's the thing. The one thing about North Carolina that I absolutely like versus uh, that I absolutely hate with Wisconsin is Wisconsin is averaging under 70 a game. Mm-hmm. And even though they're only allowing 64 a game, it's too yeah. close for my it's too close for my taste. Exactly. Next, Villanova against Winthrop. Well, we know Everybody Villanova. Want, you know what? I've heard so many people pick Winthrop. You're all nuts. Pick Willanova because they're going to win that game. There is no way that 12 in Winthrop beats Villanova. No way. Villanova's too good. Should win. 
Purdue, the Boilermakers against North Texas. Purdue might make a – Purdue could end up in, in the Elite Eight. Well, Purdue has always been a very proficient team. I've always loved the Boilermakers and what they're, what they're capable of doing. They have a great program, great team. And, yes, their numbers are maybe a little lower for what they should be, 71 a game. But this team plays defense. And you need to play defense to win. Here's the big thing. Here's the big thing for me. Their conference record is one of the better conference records in the country. Their top 25 play, for example, this is a team that has played top 25 teams, AP ranked in the country at least 10 times this year. They are 500. Against top 25 competition, even though AP has them ranked only 35th in the country. So – I would say Purdue. Oh, yeah. Tex- ah, Bob Knight's old team, the T- Texas Tech Red Raiders against Utah State. Well, both teams are pretty even in what they score to what they give up. Although, Here's the thing I don't like. With who, if Texas you're Texas Tech, Tech, Tech yeah. you're losing against big competition. You should be a lot better than a six seed right now except you don't play well in your own conference Mm. only nine and eight so you start utah state's 15 and four in their conference i mean look mountain west is very easy to forget it doesn't matter that conference is not that great i guess they have never played a top 25 team for utah state yeah but do you know what though texas tech has lost eight times Against, I think we could see an upset out of this. Could we yeah. see an upset with Utah State? I, I I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Utah State will win. Okay. Arkansas and Colgate. Colgate scores 86 points a game. They This team scores, man. They're not uh, – I mean, all right. Arkansas scores 82 a game. Very 15 even. games played all season long. In an abbreviated uh, Patriot League is the first two lines I've seen describing Colgate. Look, they are a two-loss team. Congratulations. They've only played three games out of their conference. They're not even ranked AP at all. I think Arkansas is going to take this one. I, uh, I think Arkansas is one of the top shooting teams in the game. Next, we have the Florida Gators and the Virginia Tech Hokies. Well, both, again, score pretty consistent points per game, but Virginia Tech has not played a top 25 team. Both are pretty much the same, 9-7 and seven to 9-4 and four in their conference. Overall record is pretty close. Normally, Florida is very proficient in the tournament. Virginia Tech. A lot of people don't remember how well Virginia Tech does at trapping teams i watched some virginia tech highlights and before we did this and uh want to know what i saw a lot of defense a lot of uh inbounds passes being stolen a lot florida of transitions used florida used to do exactly the same thing yeah except here's the thing they're allowing a lot more points per game than virginia tech is those days when they had Joe Kim Noah and when they had Billy Donovan, those days are long over with Florida. Back then, Florida was one of the most feared teams in the NCAA. 
not that they aren't a good team now. It's just, look, the ACC is not a weak conference. Even though Virginia Tech has not played a top 25 team and Florida has, the ACC is not a weak conference. But Florida is a little bit weaker going into this tournament. They're without their uh, one of their top players in Keontae Johnson, who had a heart condition, playing just six games. So he, uh, he is definitely missed. And their rebounding after Florida is bad. 301st in rebounding, defensive rebounds. That's not going to win you games in a consistent fashion. And if you're playing in a tournament – That's like, not going to win you games you know. in an NCAA tournament at all. So I think, yeah, the choice is clear. Virginia Tech. Go there we go. Ohio State and Oral Roberts. No. This should be like a no contest. Yeah. Ohio State. If you like, – let me just say this. If you have a lot of expendable money and you really want to make a good return if something weird happens, go ahead and bet that. All right, keep going on down. We got to get to the other two regions. Now the bottom. All right, now the bottom half. Here we go. Michigan, and they will play the winner of another play-in game. It's either so Mount St. Mary's, Texas Southern Tigers. Interesting play-in game that's going to be. But again, the winner is going to take on Michigan. Who is going to obliterate Mount St. Mary's? You think it's a clear? No doubt about it. All right. Joel. Mount St. Mary's. Hey, look, Mount St. Mary's will make the tournament again. If Last time they made it was 2019. So if they win, we'll see what happens. All right. Next, LSU against St. Bonaventure. LSU is going to win that game. LSU has a lot of firepower. LSU might even. Hmm, LSU might St. surprise some people. Barely score 70 a game. That's with LSU when they score 82 a game. Yeah. LSU's got a lot of firepower. I'll be very curious to see what various days will do. I'll be very curious to see what Trendon Watford is going to do in this tournament. It should be very interesting. George, ah, this is the matchup I think we're all going to be very excited about. Patrick Ewing, the Georgetown Hoyas, number 12 against Colorado. You know what, though? You don't – you think – This Georgetown is not an upset. People? It's not that I don't think Georgetown can surprise people. It's that I think if Georgetown replaced – I think Georgetown is in the wrong region to be a 12 right now. They're in the wrong region to be a 12. Because if they were in the West region, for example, they'd be moving on. However, they're not going to be moving on against the Colorado. They're not going to be moving on against Colorado University. Sorry. That team plays – very good basketball. They're are dangerous. Three and one against top twenty-five competition. They're fourteen and six in their conference. The Georgetown's only one game over five hundred. They're seven and nine in their conference. If they didn't win the Big East tournament, Georgetown would not be here right now. But this is a real, also I think, a good feel-good story. Patrick Ewing, you know, he's been wanting to be an NBA coach. He- he leads his hometown, Georgetown Hoyas, where he came out of, became one of the great stars in the NBA. Uh, it would be a feel-good story if Georgetown can go on maybe a Cinderella run. I would love them to, but unfortunately, they're up against a team who I think should have been ranked higher in the tournament than they are. So, I'm going to go with Colorado as well. I think it's fair to say. Colorado. All right, next, the Florida State Seminoles against NC Greensboro. We'll Breezy on through this. I think the Seminoles, no doubt, 
Yeah, just, just, just like that. Brigham Young against Michigan State or UCLA for their playing game. Um, this is where we're going to have to have a talk about this bracket you're putting together, Johnny. Because we don't know what's going to happen out of the – I know what's going to happen out of the Michigan State-UCLA game, and I know what's going to happen in the BYU-Michigan State game. Mm-hmm. I need you to trust me and just pick MSU slash UCLA, John. If, if if Michigan State were to make it, yeah, I would think they, they should win. They I think win. they're going to win their playing game. And I think they're going to do well because look at the rest of their region. They're going to encounter Michigan, who they've beaten. Who else did they beat going into this tournament? Okay, Michigan State. Here we are. They were 15 and 12 on the year. They beat Ohio State, I can see. Uh, They beat Ohio State. They've beaten Illinois. They beat Michigan. They They beat beat Michigan. And, well, they put up a close fight with Purdue but lost. All right. They beat Nebraska. They lost to Ohio. They lost to Ohio State before, though. They beat Rutgers. Okay. They lost to Rutgers, I believe. No, they beat Rutgers, 68-45. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, actually. There you go. They've – they lost – they lost to Wisconsin – they beat yeah, so they have some wins in this resume that make me believe in them. Well, we're just gonna have to see can Michigan State get to this round and then maybe we can start really getting serious about their matchup with BYU. We'll see. Next, Texas and Abilene Christian. We talked about this a little earlier. This should be a no contest Texas will win that game. Next, Connecticut and Maryland. Don't sleep on Connecticut, especially when Connecticut's in a low seed. Whenever they make the NCAA tournament, they tend to go on runs. They go to Sweet 16 runs. I trust Connecticut here. Yeah. And they're, they're a team I think you should not take lightly. Connecticut's very dangerous. Next, Alabama-Iona. Okay, this matchup we've been talking about. I love Patino, but I can't argue the fact that Alabama has consistently been one of the better teams in the country this year. So as much as I want to be wrong, roll tide. Yeah. Next, we go to the other side of the bracket, and here we are, Drexel against Illinois. Now, if you're going to bet upset on a 16, this is the one. But unfortunately, they went against the wrong number one seed, Illinois. Hmm. So Illinois will win that. Georgia Tech against another Illinois team, Loyola. I, you know. Loyola only gives up 55 a game. And that's, you know, defense. Defense is important. But Georgia Tech has big wins on their resume. Five and three against top twenty-five teams, and they're. Seven. And I think big wins on a resume this year mean more than points allowed in conference games. So, so Georgia Tech is who we're gonna go. With. That's who I would go with. I'm not sure you can make your own decision. Yeah, this is a toughie. <sighs> I wouldn't. I'm not gonna knock you if you go the other way. So know, this, this would a, be this like is, a situation a good, like before. This is a good, tough matchup. This team, this team went to the Final Four in 2018. Loyola a couple years ago let's not forget them and they still have a couple pieces from that team that got them there but matching up against a team like Georgia Tech hmm. 
They're very I'm similar. I'm going to say this is kind of not going to be the one for them. I'm going to say Georgia Tech will pick up the win. Okay. I agree with that. Style. Very, very similar style. Byron. Tennessee and Oregon State. By Oregon Volunteers State. against the Beavers. Goodbye. You say Tennessee wins this one. Here's Fair why. They have very similar um, top 25 records. They have um, – Tennessee's has a better conference record than Oregon State. Um, their defense is better than Oregon State's. Their resume looks the same as Oregon State's, as in, like, you could see they have similar conference play, similar strength of uh, schedule, teams that they play against. So you sort of know what you're going to get out of both of these teams. So since you sort of know what you're going to get out of both of these teams in a way, you sort of go with the higher seeding here. And uh, I go with the team that gives up less points per game. Tennessee. Tennessee. They're both pretty even against top 25, but Tennessee a little better. Oklahoma State against Liberty. Fifth time Liberty have been in the NCAA tournament. But Oklahoma State, what they're capable of, OSU has been a very projectedly powerful team. And they, of course, have their number one draft pick possibly for the coming draft in the NBA in Cade Cunningham. But they are not a great defensive team. Yeah, they That's... score 77, but give up 72. And... That's what – but they're nine and five against top twenty-five teams. Why am I feeling like this is not going to go Oklahoma State's way? Mm. What has me you thinking believe, that you don't believe Oklahoma State could win a game? It should be very expected to win. This Liberty team plays some pretty good defense, though. No, they do. They give up sixty points a game, and they score seventy-five. So they're pretty proficient. But they're yeah they're eleven and two in their conference. I mean they're twenty three and five. I would not sleep on that. But they have not played in the top twenty five against top twenty five teams. Oklahoma State has done it fourteen times. I agree. I'm gonna regret this when I see Liberty win the game. All right. So you got Liberty in yours. I'm gonna say Oklahoma State. Yeah, no, I said I'm gonna regret State this when I see Liberty win. We'll but yeah, pick Oklahoma State. <laughs> pick Oklahoma. On State. to the next one. Yeah. SDSU. The Aztecs against Syracuse. Jimmy Bayheim and his orange. Who? San Diego State University has been a mainstay in the tournament. And uh, Syracuse has lost their luster over the past few years. So I think San Diego State wins this one going away. Mm. I've watched I, enough. Always, Purdue, I've, I've seen enough Purdue games this year to know they're not that good. And Syracuse's record against the top 25 is uh, bad. SDSU, and yeah, San Diego gives up 60 points a game. That's insane. All right, West Virginia, Moorhead State. And I believe West Virginia moves on as well. That's a no contest. Next, Clemson and Rutgers. I know who I'm picking. I go with the 10 seed. You're going with Rutgers. Okay. Understand. In the beginning of the season, they were pro- they were projected to be a third or fourth seed in this tournament. COVID has gotten them into a 
very bad situation. Granted, they're one and seven in top ten play, but I think that team can score, and I think they're getting healthier, and I think they'll actually pick off a Houston team in the next round in this black in this bracket. So they're one and seven against top twenty-five teams, though. They're one and seven. They were crap in the beginning of the year because they were unhealthy. They COVID really got to this team. So I think this is one of those teams that don't sleep on them. They're gonna they're gonna make a little noise in this tournament. Clemson Tigers are going bye bye. I do look at Clemson and they do not score a lot of points. On how this team got here, giving up only sixty five points, only scoring sixty five a game. They play good defense, but. But you need nah. some offense to go along with that defense. Yeah, I can, I can agree with an upset here. I can agree we might see uh, we might see Rutgers maybe pull off something incredible here. Maybe, maybe. it's not incredible. I, I think it's. I Let's think see it's, Rutgers. I think it's possible. I think it's. I think it's possible for them to go beyond the first just the first round because I think they will end up beating this team right here that you're going to be picking to beat Cleveland State. All right, this is our last one for the first round. Houston and Cleveland State. Yeah, I think I would be picking Houston. For sure. I'd be picking Houston because, like I said, I'm going to upset old Patrick Creighton with my next round prediction. Now, that's our last of the first round, right? So, here's the thing. Let's start our second round off by picking Rutgers over Houston. (laughs) Let's go down and let's, let's start the second round off with a damn upset right here. Rutgers and Houston. Okay. Then between SDSU and West Virginia in the final 32. I'm not. I, like, here's the thing. I know a little bit more about Rutgers because I, yeah, local-ish, I do pay attention to who's on the college teams here. That's why I picked Rutgers. Rest of that bracket, I'd probably just go with uh, – I'd honestly probably just go with uh, the favorites and move on. But that's uh, – you might have some other upsets that you might want to go through, Beast. Uh it's a tough one. This is tough for me, but I think, I think the Aztecs will get past West Virginia, but just because of how good of a defense they play, mm. I won't be surprised if something comes out from that little matchup there. Oklahoma State and Tennessee. Hmm. This is a tough one. I'm going to say Oklahoma. I'm going to say Tennessee will knock off Oklahoma. That should and be an interesting one. Illinois should be beating Georgia Tech. Should be I like them. Georgia you know, Tech. We've always seen surprises, but yeah, the Illini for me, hundred yeah. percent. I would say Illinois for that. Then we move on. Michigan and LSU. I think Florida. that's Michigan, even though they're missing their top player. Yeah. I like LSU. Listen, I like LSU. I think LSU will give Michigan a good game. That's going to be a game that's. You could see LSU win that game. I just don't think they do. Florida State, I think, will beat Colorado. Then we go back to our <laughs> our surprise, Michigan State. If Michigan State's in, do they beat Texas? Yes. I think they do. I think they do, too. Depending what happens out of that, yes. Alabama, Connecticut. Roll Tide. Alabama, definitely. Gonzaga. Although that's, that's going to be a good game, too. Don't think, don't think Connecticut's not going to make a run at Alabama in that game. Gonzaga, I think, beats Oklahoma. Gonzaga. Virginia will beat UCSB. As much as I want to say UCSB because of their defense. Everything I see about UCSB is defense. However, 
Virginia will move on. Kansas will topple USC. And I'd like to say that Oregon could get by Iowa. I'm going to go with Oregon. Okay. Call me a little nuts, but I think we could see a surprise there. Uh, I, I honestly thought Rutgers was going to be the two seed. So uh, this is going to be the bracket of Cray. I, I still wouldn't say we should sleep on it yet, but let's see where, where we go here. Next matchup. Baylor, North Carolina. But I, I have Baylor moving on here. Yeah, Baylor scores a little more, and I don't know about North Carolina this go-around. I have Baylor moving on here. Purdue and Villanova. I have Purdue moving on here. Boilermakers. They're always a proficient program. I have to agree with you, Purdue. Utah State and Arkansas. I'm going to say Arkansas. I, think I would Arkansas go with that. Potential. Ohio State and Virginia Tech. Ohio State moves on over Virginia Tech. So this puts us in the Elite Eight, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So our Elite Eight, just to get you guys back to where um, oh, so we're round at sixteen. Here. No, around so our 16. Sweet Sixteen consists of Gonzaga, Virginia, Kansas, Oregon, Baylor, Purdue, Arkansas, Ohio State, going on down to the other two regions: Michigan, Florida State, Michigan State, Alabama. Illinois, Tennessee, San Diego State University, and Rutgers. Our Midwest region is a big, gigantic ball of nuts. So let's go to our Saint, one of our saner-looking regions. Let's start off in the East for the Sweet 16. In the East, let's start off. Okay. Let's swing down. We'll begin with Michigan and Florida State. We have a lot of high hopes for Michigan. The Wolverines are always, have been a strong program, and I will say the Wolverines will topple the Seminoles. I do think they make the Final Four even without their uh, number one star who's down with a foot injury. I do still think they make the Final Four. However, that does, however I, think that, I think that what that does is that puts uh, Michigan right below the level of Illinois and Gonzaga. That puts them on like a second tier number one seed level type team. Mm. Let's see. If, uh, Michigan State, speaking of which, Michigan State was our next matchup here. Michigan State over Alabama or Alabama over Michigan State. You see, this is where Michigan State's uh, run ends. This is where their run ends. At least in my opinion, this is where their run ends because Alabama's a little too strong for them. Yeah, the defense. A little more punch. Alabama. Illinois and Tennessee. Hmm. I wouldn't sleep on Tennessee. I wouldn't bet against Illinois here. Hmm. I wouldn't bet against Illinois here. Hmm. Yeah, Illinois. And now Rutgers, SDSU, San Diego against Rutgers. I want to be a homer and say Rutgers. However, <laughs> I do not think that. Short. Yeah, they're SDSU, just too punishing of a defensive team. And I think, they're gonna, and I think Rutgers is going to be real beat up after a Houston game that they will have won at the very razor's edge of the teeth. So, no. Gonzaga, Virginia. Gonzaga. Kansas and Oregon. Is this the Jayhawks over the Ducks? 
I don't know. You could. This is tight one. This is this is actually going to be a very very toss up tight game for me. Do I? Do mm. I? Do I? Do do I dare pick the Ducks? I'm going to go with the Jayhawks for me. I'm I'm going Kansas. Yeah. Want to go with Kansas, or you want to go a little bit? It's always your call, man. You know I like I like I like I like I like I like Kansas here. I like Kansas. I'm very toss uppy on that game though. Next one, Baylor Purdue. I think Purdue could pull off another run yes. to the Final Four. They can beat Baylor. This is where Baylor falls. Mm. I'm not so sure about that, in my opinion. I think Baylor – Baylor's a very strong offensive team. And I'm not saying Purdue isn't. And I'm not saying Purdue's not a good defensive team. Dick Vitale own. says Purdue beats Baylor, so I trust Dick Vitale. I think I, – I, if Dick Vitale tells me that Purdue's going to beat Baylor, I go with that. I don't Dick think Baylor gets it. If Dick Vitale says, I believe the mouth will survive if he jumps off a cliff, he'll jump off a cliff for him? No. But that's not a cliff. That's a very short hill. I think I'll survive a broken leg jumping on that one. Okay, Purdue it is. All right. Arkansas and Ohio State. Arkansas. Hmm. They shoot the ball. They shoot the ball like crazy. I wondered, remember, when we were talking about this top 10, kind of wondered why they were put ahead of Arkansas. But Arkansas, I think Arkansas goes on here. Now we go to the Elite Eight. We are now at the Elite Eight. Kansas, Gonzaga. Well, what about the bottom brackets? Did we take care of those? Yeah, we did the, we're up to the Elite Eight in the bottom as well. Well, let's start from the top and we'll work down this time. We'll go a little bit opposite. So, All right. Gonzaga and Kansas. I got Gonzaga. Purdue and Arkansas. Could Arkansas continue their strong shooting against the Boilermakers? Or maybe Purdue can pull up an upset and get to the final four. I don't know. That, that, see, that, uh, I can't pick that game. I couldn't honestly pick that game and give you an answer. Good God. Say, for me, I'm going to go with Arkansas. Yeah, they have the, yeah, they have the shooting. Off something pretty remarkable. They have, the, they have the shooting. They have the shooting. Michigan and Alabama. This I, is going to be a toughie. This is where Michigan's story ends. This is where not having their top-level talent is going to hurt them. Alabama will go to the Final Four. Now the last game, Illinois and San Diego State University. Illinois. You think Illinois – will knock off SDSU. Heck yes. Mm. So now that brings us to our final four. Who goes to the NCAA championship game? Gonzaga, Alabama. I'm going to bring up a very interesting stat in about a minute, but I'm picking Gonzaga. Okay. And that leaves us with Arkansas and Illinois. And this is where Arkansas's uh, story ends, in my opinion. It will be Illinois that takes down Arkansas. So the Illini and the Bulldogs, who will win the entire tournament? I, I want to know if you'll agree with me. But here's where I'm going to bring up something very, very interesting. 1976. We talked about that year earlier in this uh, episode, right? 
1976 was the last time that neither Duke nor Kentucky made the NCAA tournament. 1976 was also the last time an undefeated team won the NCAA tournament. I think in 2021, history is going to repeat itself again. If Gonzaga is going to do this. I think Gonzaga is going to do it. Wow. Because tell me, tell me honestly, Who is scoring more than them? Besides Gonzaga, literally no one. Not even no one is even close to doing what Gonzaga is doing to people. No one. And we could talk about Illinois having a great record in against teams in this tournament while Gonzaga does not, but I think we all know Gonzaga's been here as a school many times before. They have this system that they've built so fine-tuned to get into the NCAA tournament. And I think, I I believe, it's going to be the year of the dogs. Well, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, three of the top scorers on this Gonzaga team. Nothing against Illinois. I think they'll have a deep run in them. But I believe, and I think maybe, could we see history repeat itself? My answer is yes. Gonzaga will win the game by a score. 87, Illinois, 70. Ooh. I think Gonzaga and their high offensive scoring would put Illinois in the dust. Illinois can do a lot of things, but if they get outscored early, even with the fact that they score 81 a game, normally that would be enough. It's not enough against Gonzaga. It's not. And uh, here's the thing. The other reason I pick Gonzaga is because I think Illinois is going to have a much tougher road to get there. Look at the teams that Illinois has to go through in our brackets to get to where they are. They got to beat, they got to beat a game Drexel team that really a lot of people were thinking shouldn't have been ranked 16th. So they got a very hard matchup to start with in their round one. Then they got to beat a very game Georgia Tech team who could very easily pick them off in round two. Then maybe they get a slight reprieve with a Tennessee team who would have had to fight through two games that they probably shouldn't have won. Then and then a San Diego State team that's always game in the NCAA tournament. Now look at Gonzaga. Who did they have to beat to get there? Norfolk or Appalachian State. Oklahoma's a good team. Virginia. Virginia's a good team, too, but I don't see – do you see any of the competition equaling what Illinois had to face going into the game? Illinois is going to have to really earn their championship. They're going to have to earn it. Literally earn it the old-fashioned way. Not like Gonzaga isn't earning it, but – you could tell 
who was the number one seed overall and who was just the number one seed in their region. Because Gonzaga, undefeated team, easier road to the title. And I think you're going to see it happen because there isn't a Duke or a Kentucky that's had a pedigree of well-built teams, great scouting, all of that. You don't have some of these traditional powerhouse teams that you always see. There's new faces in here. Rutgers is in here for the first time in a very long time. We have teams that we haven't seen. Colgate. We have teams like Drexel that are 16th. Wichita State is in a play-in game. As so this Michigan is a State. Michigan State's in a playoff game at the same time. A play-in game. So, and, and that's a team that we have going pretty far in this bracket. So, in the craziest NCAA tournament bracket or selection that we've ever seen, where so many teams had so many arguments where they could have made it, wouldn't it be the craziest cap-off that the undefeated number one seed actually wins it all? Would be incredible. It would be incredible. But we'll see what happens just two days from now. The NCAA tournament will begin March 18th. The road to the NCAA title officially begins. But for now, I want to thank Tony Mainville for our NCAA Top 10 and our predictions for the NCAA tournament. This was a digital market battle special edition episode of Downtown Sports. As always, Digital Market Battles is your always home for any, any business to fulfill their pipeline with high-valued leads. Fill your conversion goal no matter what. Head on over to Digital Market Battles or call 1-800-811-4095 to schedule a discovery call today. Get your discovery call today. Ask for Nick Battle. That's the CEO. Tell him Mouth sent you. They're going to take really good care of you over there. But for him, for... Tony Mainville, our researcher, who, big round of applause. I mean, usually I shout out Crystal Large with him, but this was a Tony Mainville researcher, digital market battles, ad-free edition of Downtown Sports. Want to give Tony Mainville all the love for that NCAA Top 10 for him, for Chris, you know, because he's a part of the research department, um, for my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perinante, on the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, saying, we out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.